Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, when people say old school, they're like, I, I like that old school stuff, like Kanye West. Like, wait, what? Oh, God, I'm old. <laughs> but it's got that feel of the old right. school when everybody rapped like Curtis Blow, where every single rapper was, Rabbit on the football field, and Rabbit, you <laughs> Like that kind of old school rap. And you don't get that. Uh, Nobody wait, raps like that anymore. That just, and so Rabbit's the only time I get that kind of rap. night. Show over. Show <laughs> over. That just made my night. <laughs> Because oh, nobody up, flows gotta, like that anymore, so that's the only time I get it is Ramit. <laughs> that just made my night. I would, I would definitely say show over, but we got a good show here lined up, and we got two special guests that's going to be joining us here. Actually, they're already ready to roll. Two of TST's very own. We have Brian and as well as Ralph. You guys, there. Let me go ahead and bring them on. Hey guys. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, hey. Ralph and Brian, right there. There we go. What's up, guys? What's up, guys? What's going on? Doing good, man. Enjoying being a winning team again. Yeah. <laughs> again? Hold on, hold on. Again? Whoa. Hey, Ooh, that's a lot. That's a that's a hey, long again. time span. Yeah, it is a long time span. Way too long. <laughs> All right, so look, before we get started, let's give you all a chance to uh, kind of introduce yourself so everyone knows who you are because the names probably don't always match the uh, 
the names that you see on the site. So, uh, Ralph, why don't you go ahead and start with you? Take a minute to introduce yourself. Hey, yeah, I'm uh, Rams in the Hood on TST, uh, born and raised in Los Angeles, Rams fan my whole life. My dad grew up a Rams fan in L.A. and then over to Anaheim when when all the uh, when all the L.A. Uh, uh, locals wrote him off when they moved to Anaheim. When they went to O.C., it was, they just wrote him off, but uh, stayed with them, uh, doing comedy, uh, just got back from a week in Vegas, so uh, I don't feel like a person right now, but uh, <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> that sounds like a good week. <laughs> it's too long. A whole a full week in Vegas is literally four days too long. Oh, I know. I'm already here. Oh, oh, <laughs> Brian, what you got for us? What's up, guys? Uh, for those that don't know me, I'm T.D. Anderson. Uh, enjoy posting on the web all the time with you guys. Uh, Rams fan since the beginning of time, I guess you could say it for myself. I was part of that OC crew that enjoyed them in Anaheim. Uh, lucky enough, I think I've written this, written this up before on the fan post. I was a ball boy for a couple years for the Rams. So I got to work, got to work the home games. Uh, so... Good times, man. Kind of hard giving up on a team that you've been a part of the franchise. Well, I'll tell you this. It's some people that gave up after last year that's kicking themselves this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely some people out there. I know it. They're probably listening right now. I would like to say uh, um, kiss our uh, rear ends and a big <laughs> F you <laughs> too. Yeah. We, we, can't, we can't cuss, right, just so I get get that out of the way? <laughs> We endorse it. It depends. It, it depends. <laughs> get, get, uh, get me fired up a little bit. There's no telling what I'll say. <laughs> but anyway, we we got ourselves a great show lined up after a great win uh, yesterday. And you know, let's let's just start off with that. You know, what did you guys think about what you saw from the Rams, Brian? Let's start with you. What did you think about what you saw from the Rams yesterday? Uh, well balanced. Uh, I love the, the fact that they're. they're forcing Gurley down the throat of teams. I thought they got away from that from in the Seattle game. But uh, the last few weeks, you know, it's uh, pounding Gurley, taking their shots, uh, and hitting on some of them. And that ball to Sammy Watkins was phenomenal. So, uh, I mean, just seeing things like that really kind of forces defense to play run and pass. And good luck with our team doing that right now. What are you thinking about it, Ralph? Uh, loving the adjustments. I think, uh, you know, uh, moving Brockers over and getting Walker and Smart in the middle, really helping out that run game. I mean, still giving up a pretty couple pretty big one, runs, but you know it's it's much improved. Uh, and special teams, obviously, switching out um, Austin for for Cooper has <laughs> just been you know amazing. So offense yeah. still putting it I'm down, gonna... defense and special teams doing good. So Joe, yesterday. We saw the Rams' offense put up 473 yards of offense with 51 points. Now, me personally, I I know I've mentioned this in, like, the staff chat, but I can't be a coach mm-hmm. because there's no way I'm taking my foot off the gas. Like, I'm going 400 at least 80. Like, that's that's who <laughs> I am, <laughs> you know. But, like, when you, when you see this type of performance, uh, to me it stands out because it's like you you know you're supposed to beat some teams, and, you know, we called this the trap game last week. 
And, you know, when you go out and you beat those teams the way you're supposed to beat them, not just regular win, but you – it's not like they lost the game, but you won the game. Those are the most impressive ones, like, to me. Like, where's where your head at with this Rams team? Just we've seen them win every type of game so far. I think the – part of it is, and we got to mention this, the Giants are a bad team, man. And, I mean – yeah. They came out of the bye. They didn't have Janoris. They don't have Dominique Rogers, Cromartie. They don't have Odell Beckham Jr. They don't have. They had a lot of guys injured. That's a bad team. When you when you give up third and thirty three, that's that's not a play call issue. That's not a talent issue. That's just a don't give a damn issue. Just don't give a damn. Which is great as a Rams fan playing the Giants. Like, yeah, go ahead. Don't give a damn. That's fine with me. Um, the, the the interesting thing to me was that while they were not giving a damn, Jared Goff had his best game as a pro. It wasn't really the 473 yards. It was just the execution, like Brian said. I think it was Brian mentioned the ball to Watkins. He had one pass that he missed to Sammy Watkins early on, and I tweeted something like that. Goff-Watkins connection still got issues. And a couple plays later, you know, the Giants, yeah, yeah. the Giants, again, not giving a damn and just letting Watkins get behind him. But Goff just put the perfect (laughs) ball out there. That, That could be the kind of thing that, you know, resonates going into next week that maybe they get something going between the two of them because we're going to need it. And that's really the biggest takeaway for me was this, this was a game that the, the, it's not even the Giants, that the Rams are better than. They're better than a game like this. They don't need these kind of games. These games aren't going to get them ready for November and December. they got to get tougher tests, and so hopefully we'll get some of those in the weeks ahead. But, yeah, it feels strange to say, but Ralph said it feels you know, great to be good again. The Rams are good. They don't need these kind of games. They're a waste of everybody's time. You know, what that was funny about that first ball, and I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but that first ball that he threw to Sammy Watkins, it was the exact same spot that he put it against uh, San Francisco where everybody was just talking about how great of a catch it was in the past. He made the adjustment, yeah. He put, it, he put it in the same spot. The difference was this time Sammy Watkins was expecting it to come to the uh, further off to the uh, inside, and so he broke off a little that way and couldn't get, adjust back over to it. But I was sitting there watching, I was just like, okay, I think that Jared Goff has found his sweet spot because he, he threw it the exact same way. So now I'm thinking to myself, like, as this season goes on, are we going to start to see more of these balls connected with him and Sammy Watkins? Like, that would be something mm-hmm. interesting, the extra dynamic that's added because with them already hitting on all cylinders and so many spots on their offense, um, to be able to consistently hit that deep ball, that's, that's kind of a – that's a scary yeah. – <laughs> that's a scary uh-huh. formula. <laughs> So, yeah. And the thing was, it was there, whether whether he had broke inside or outside, that yeah. he had already beaten the coverage. It's just one of those oh, things yeah. where they got to get on the same page, whichever page it exactly. is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'd rather page, seen it go over it. To inside shoulder. It would be nice if it went right over that inside shoulder, just dropped it in the bucket a little bit better than that. Oof, he was yeah. open. He should have – he's got to hit that ball. The, I, I definitely think that it's going to be interesting seeing how things progress with those two moving forward because really right now a consistent – Deep ball is about the only thing missing from this offense. Everything else seems to be clicking. And speaking of clicking, you know, the Rams had a uh, a stretch here where they were really struggling to score inside the red zone, um, and they were kicking a lot of field goals. That wasn't so much the case yesterday. Sean McVay really opened up the playbook. Was He threw some of everything at the Giants, and I personally loved it. What was, uh, what was some things that you guys saw yesterday that you really enjoyed, like play calling? Like what was, what was something that stood out to you all? 
Well, that red zone flea flicker. I mean, you're talking about opening up the playbook, and he throws a flea flicker at, at the goal line inside the 20. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I mean, you're just seeing him try different things. I mean, it's just not Tavon on the jet sweep. I mean, but the O-line giving him time inside the 20. I mean, dude, I think there was one play where Robert Woods touched out. He had like 10 seconds to throw the ball. He was just standing back there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those are the things you see from Tom Brady when he's back there standing there in the pocket for, it seems like, forever. And we all know that wasn't the case last year. We would have never seen 10 seconds. Or so, any year, think- for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, the the Gerald Everett uh, end around or, or or what that was like. Whoa! I was like, all right, let's see some of this athleticism. <laughs> Loving it. I was like, how did Tavon Austin get so big? Oh, that's not Tavon Austin. <laughs> you know what, Joe? When I saw that play, you were the first person that came to my mind <laughs> because you're always seeing. I'm sure somebody else can run that play. <laughs> so when it, when they yeah, ran, I didn't it, think I didn't think it was Gerald Everett though. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I didn't think, think it was Gerald Everett. <laughs> The great thing about Tavon Austin's day, though, is because of that play they had where uh, I think it was Cooper Cup was the target and then dropped that lateral as he was swinging around. Yeah. Weirdest box score line I've ever seen, Tavon Austin. Zero receptions for nine yards. Think about, yeah, think about I that. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that one, too. I was just like, okay, <laughs> just call it a run. I don't know. <laughs> but, no, I, I definitely – I thought the play design was genius, and to be perfectly honest, um, if he – hits it inside of the outside receiver just in between those two receivers, he'd probably score instead of going around yeah. the outer edge and getting pushed out of bounds. And, you know, another play designed that Sean McVay, I mean, he said uh, during the bye that first week before everyone left when he had his last interview that uh, he was going to be getting Tavon more involved. And then when they got back, he said it again that he's only going to be more involved going forward for the rest of the season. And he really showed some plays where you where clearly was 100% designed specifically for Tavon, but the one where the backfield is empty and he motions into across and catches the pitch and everybody pulls. They have like three guys pull to that side yeah. to leave block. It was drawn up so perfectly and ran, ran ideal. Like Tavon got tackled on the two and it's because he tried to cut it back in instead of just going to the pylon. But don't, he, you can see the creative juices just really pouring out at this point. You know, it's no more uh, let's figure out how to get Robert Woods the ball. We figured it out. Let's figure out how to get cut. Yep. We got that. You know, now it's about, okay, how can we get some more explosive splash plays, which is what Tavon brings, those splash plays. So I, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the things that I'm seeing just out of uh, Sean McVay's play calling and what the creativity that he's showing. I think a week off is what he needed <laughs> to, he, to sit back. He and- is a – he is a savant. I mean, my dad always likes to remind me that we're very close to the same age. And Jean McVay is coaching one of the highest-powered offenses in the league, and I'm yelling yeah. at eight-year-olds in Madden. Like, it just blows my mind how young this dude is and how much knowledge he has. And by, by the way, I'm barely beating this, these kids, by the way. I got, I'm running just Fisher ball. I'm running the clock out, using my fullback. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. No did you just back. say that you – did you just proudly admit that you're running Fisher ball? Hey, man, these hang kids up, don't expect it. Get off the line. Get off the line. <laughs> hey, these kids don't expect it. I'll, listen, yeah, my, it those wins are ugly. <laughs> I, hey, Them eight-year-olds don't know what to do with a four-yard plant, man. Think you not. Them eight-year-olds don't know what to do with that Fisher ball. <laughs> my deepest route <laughs> is a curl. That's it. <laughs> 
Eight-year-olds hey, can't defend a curl. Really they never seen one. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yesterday, you know, we talked about, you know, just with the explosive plays and the good plays that was drawn up and how well the team just played overall. I mean, they was really, really clicking on all cylinders for all three phases, you know, from offense, defense, special teams. As I was going back and I was re- reviewing the uh, coach's film last night, I was just like, man, it's really hard to identify just a bad play. I think this was personally the first game where I was just like, you know, there was really no bad play per se, you know, like there was some, oh yeah, you know, there's a mistake here. This could have been tweaked a little better, but there was just not a bad play that I could find. Was there anything that stood out to any of you all from yesterday's game? Uh, Ralph, go ahead and you start. Uh, I think it was the, the dark uh, run up the middle for like almost 30. And I was, you know, I thought we would have like maybe gotten those kind of big plays out of our system, uh, Mm -hmm. giving up those big plays, but I mean, other than that, I mean, it, it was pretty close to as good as you can get against a, a bad team. What about you, Brad? Uh, for me, mainly, just, just missing on a few easy passes. I mean, you know I'm a big golf believer, but I think he's still <laughs> off-target a little bit. I, 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 he's still off-target a few times. I mean, we've seen him miss cup, you know, where he's really making cup, trying to extend with his hands a little bit too far. Uh, I'd really like to see him hone it in just a tad bit more accurate-wise. But uh, besides that, yeah, I mean, I, I agree that the middle of the defense, like Ralph said, to start the game, Darko was just pounding it, seemed like right in between the guards on us. But we they made some yeah. adjustments on that, and things kind of worked itself out. And that seems to be our weak spot, to be honest with you, defensively, is just trying to stop yeah. that. In, it is in between the tackles. It is, it's in between the guards. Yeah, and that's and that's why I think we saw uh, Walker in more uh, after that, and and Smart uh, kind of on those uh, passing downs. Yeah, it looks like they were you lined know, up in a more four four two or like a four D lineman instead of the five without a guy on the nose early. And then, like yeah, Brown said, they seem to put that guy on the nose later on to take away that middle run. You know, it's uh, it's the halfway point of the season. Um, and the Rams, they've played eight games. They've got literally half of their games under their belt. So, real quick, we're just going to kind of go through. We're going to start giving out some uh, season awards. So, we'll start off with who's the Rams MVP. Now, I know who my guy is. (laughs) My guy has been the Rams MVP since February, but (laughs) that's neither here nor there. (laughs) And I got a good feeling who Joe's guy is going to be. But, Brian, let's start with you. Who is your MVP through eight games for the Rams? Uh, Man, it's tough. Uh, I got to admit it. Coming up with one guy right now is is, is not easy. Uh, When it comes to offense, you got to love Gurley and how he's being used. But when it comes to just a single player that's made the biggest difference, my guy's Whitworth right now. I mean, the guy is locked Uh. down the left side. There's no one that – no one even comes close to Goff coming off the left side. I mean, everybody's going to make a, a play once in a while on the guy. But Whitworth, what he's done to the offensive line, the offense, uh, he's irreplaceable. I mean, if there's one guy on the whole offense, you say right now, completely irreplaceable, I mean, Whitworth, I mean, you see the difference between going from G-Rob to Whitworth this year. I mean, talk about – I mean, I, I, I'm watching part of the Detroit game right now, and it's nice just not even – I know Stafford's probably smiling because the guy's not on the field. Yeah, he's <laughs> <bent> him. <laughs> Joe, I think Joe likes your pick. 
because I'm pretty sure he's got the same one. But Ralph, what do you got? Well, when you know, when I think of the Rams MVP, you know, dominance comes to mind, and I just got to give it to my boy Jake the Snake McQuaid. <laughs> McQuaid, I love it. Consistency, <laughs> dominance, perseverance, oh, strength. Oh, my first curveball of the evening. So there we go. That's a good one. You know what? You know what's really funny? I can guarantee that half of the people listening have no clue who that even is. <laughs> I can Man. guarantee half the people listening is like, who the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Man. I seriously, get those, you said go- get those snake, Google I fingers Plummer out. Was coming. <laughs> I about to say, what's the hell, Plummer? Like, yeah, Plummer <laughs> retired I... a long time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, he, he, he threw the curve bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, in all, you in never all hear his name, so you know he's doing something right. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, get those Google fingers out, and then you'll see about 45 highlight videos on YouTube. You know, go to the first one; it's the best one. It's like 14 minutes long, just perfect snap after perfect snap. <laughs> just search the, just search the way, like, Showtime's his, archives. Johnny Hecker. I, I, I've written the. Ra- I was going to say, I've written the Rams roster preview on Jake McQuaid every year. Do you know how hard it is to write a <laughs> roster preview for a long snapper? Do you know how hard it is to write a Honestly, it's the only one I look forward to. Thank you. Uh, uh, consider this. I wrote 150 years about Jake McQuaid in 2015. A year later, I had to do it again. What 150 new words could I possibly catch? What are we learning about Jake McQuaid that's different every year? I don't know, but I keep pulling oh, it out of my ass, and I do it, I do it for we, people I'll like you. I'll tell you what we're learning about you. We're learning about you that you don't know what it means to copy and paste. Because <laughs> 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 I'm not coming up with a new 150 for Jake. <laughs> Joe, who's your yep. MVP? Uh, I, I mean, it is go with. I'm gonna go, <laughs> go with ahead, the low hanging fruit. I'm gonna go with the low hanging fruit and go with with Todd Gurley. Um, it's just interesting. The the bounce back. I mean, obviously the offensive line is just they're setting that edge. They're 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 opening up the holes. They're pole blocking and everybody, all five, Jamon, you know, Havenstein. I mean, they're looking great. Blythe popping in there, but. Uh, the guy, you know, with the glory, I just got to give it to Gurley. I mean, he's just when he turns that when he turns that corner, it's just it's just t- hard to catch him. He's a blur. Yeah, here's, here's, here's a bigger question. He's, on, he's on pace for twenty touchdowns. Here's my question: Is what, yeah. who's more of an MVP candidate, Todd Gurley the rusher or Todd Gurley the receiver? Ah, Ooh, good that's question. a million dollar question. That's nice to yeah, have the ball. about Todd, uh, I was uh, I was hanging out in L.A. and I was at a show and uh, I saw Todd Gurley come in and I, you know, I said what's up and I never take pictures of anybody. Like I've I've seen like Adam Sandler at the grocery store and I'm like eh, whatever. But I saw Todd Gurley and just fangirled out. Took a photo with him. 
<laughs> took a photo with him. He was hanging out with uh, with Dominic Easley, uh, which no one knew who he was, but uh, I did, and he loved it. He had this big old walking boot on. He was, like, super fresh, took a picture. Uh, and then, so Dom Easley and Todd Gurley are out on the town with Johnny Football. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that day. <laughs> Johnny Manziel. And I, my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, no, Todd, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> Dude, I kept – you know how many times I looked over at his drink to make sure it was water? <laughs> I must have walked I must have walked into the back kitchen after nerves, I took it away. You're really, and really it. bad. <laughs> your, your Why is Johnny Football smelling that sugar? He keeps smelling that sugar. <laughs> what is he doing? Uh, <laughs> but it was all good. They're, they're, they're all drinking water. I think Johnny's trying to get out to the CFL, but uh, it was all good. So I was happy. One Bless random you. note for you guys. Through eight games, Todd Gurley is on pace for 676 receiving yards this season. Ooh. Tavon Austin's uh, single season high is 509. <laughs> Now, Joe, yeah. now you got to take it there. <laughs> yeah, Joe, come on. You just Aware- had to kick him when he was down. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. let That's him Awareness, him. Awareness is power. Down. Awareness is power, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, Joe, God, I love Tavon this season, but, you know, it's it's hard to see past that price tag, but, God, he's doing some great stuff. He really is doing his job effectively for, you know, what they want him to do. He's doing it. Um, he's – He's playing more traditional running back than he ever had before, and he's still picking up nice chunks of yards. And he's giving he's giving a, a girly that Rocky breather, too. but he's also he's playing. He's, oh yeah, he's he's always been a good blocker. I think that's always been an underrated part of him because of his size. But he's so damn tough and feisty. But he'll get it. He'll mix it up with anybody. He he doesn't care. That that mm-hmm. touchdown run that they, that girly had against the Cardinals where he bounced it outside yeah. like nobody talked about it, but. First off, this is Patrick Peterson, one of the most athletic people in the NFL. One of, the, one of if not the biggest corner in the NFL, the dude is thick, you know. And Tavon just t- took those legs out. It was he, he stood no chance. He completely cleared that and opened it up for Gurley to go <laughs> score. So he he is a uh, he does his job, you know. It's, but again, that price tag is he's not he's yeah. being paid to do more. <laughs> but um. So real quick, we'll move on to the next one. Oh yeah, by the way, my limit, MVP limit. is. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. No, who's your MVP? Let's hear it first. Uh, is it, John Sullivan? It's been that since February or March, whenever the hell, whenever the hell he signed that contract. It's been John Sullivan. It's not going to change. I finally heard the boy golf give him some love in an interview after the game, talking about the difference that he's made up front. And he, he said that his exact words was, Andrew Whitworth gets a lot of the credit, but I don't think that John Sullivan gets talked about enough, and I, it put a smile on my face. John Sullivan, <laughs> good job. <laughs> so here, here's an interesting that? thought. Cause I, well, I was just going to say that I put that Whitworth piece on the site last week when we were doing midseason awards across SB Nation. And even yeah. in the comments, social media, we, we kind of had the same discussion we just had, Whitworth and Gurley, Whitworth and Gurley. Does it bother anybody that not once did we bring up Aaron Donald's name? No, it doesn't. Oh. No. Yeah. no. No. However, yeah, screw however that. I right, did, screw that guy. Moving on. <laughs> I, did, I, did hear, I did hear an interesting stat earlier today, though, coincidentally enough, about Aaron Donald. 
and it was that uh, Pro Football Focus was saying that for every five dropbacks, their Aaron Donald has a pressure or something like that, which is some insane number. And when they were saying it, I was just like, well, wait a minute. And I started thinking about the game yesterday, and I was like, well, let's see. Eli's like third drop back. <laughs> he sacked, strip fumbled. <laughs> he had another one that got called back to penalty. I was just like, well, I'll be damned. He really is there. <laughs> but she, like, it, it was mm-hmm. one of those things you know it, but you don't know it. <laughs> you know, like it didn't, it didn't really dawn on me how, how disruptive he's been uh, since he got back. So, it, it's, But it's, no, it's not disappointing because, Unfortunately, defensive players always get overlooked when you talk about MVP. <laughs> Do you but, think it's part of the part of the reason that none of us are mentioning it is because of the holdout? You know, a little bad feelings for some of us guys. Oh no, 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 no! Because I say get your money. <laughs> I stood on that, and I still stand on it. He should still be holding out. But anyway, so moving on to the next award, uh, most improved player, comeback player. Who do you got, Joe? Let's start with you. Because I've been wondering, it's wondering, be wondering girly. about this all day. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's got to be girly, but here's the thing is that, you know, my feelings on the running back position are part of the problem, right, is that it's a system-dependent mm-hmm. position. The thing is now that he's got a system, he's flourishing, right? The skills are always there, whether it's power, yep. speed, acceleration, cutback ability. He's got all of it. It's just one of those things where when the system's not in place, it, it, it almost doesn't matter how good your running back is because they can't do these kind of things. There's nowhere for them to go. The first run yesterday, by the way, the first run of the game yesterday was the kind of run that we just didn't see enough from Todd Gurley in 2016. He took the handoff, yep. went to the outside, and there was nothing there. Yep. He didn't try to dance around. He didn't try to switch the field. He just waited. He stopped. And eventually and it yeah. opened up. Yeah. Yeah, he, he pulled a Le'Veon. He completely stopped his feet. Let it develop yeah. and then hit it, which yeah. I was. Yeah. I was. And that, that's, that, that's that's the most improved thing. It's not even Todd Gurley but it, as a as a player. It's just Todd Gurley the maturity to trust his teammates and have that that capability not to do everything himself. It's a team game. Let your team play the game too. In Todd Gurley's career, I'm someone that has watched every snap he's taken, even his senior year of high school. I've seen all of the games. <laughs> I have never seen him do that before. That was the first time I ever seen him stop, let the blocks develop, and then go. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it ever, not from Todd Gurley. So I was I was genuinely shocked, and you could definitely see the progression just in his game throughout the season, and you things like that, you see those things continue to happen. It, it makes you happy. But Rob, who do you got? Most improved uh, player or comeback player? Oof, I'm gonna go with uh, with most improved. I'm gonna go with Greg Zerline. Um, I love. I used to. I used to just. I used to just turn around and just close my eyes and go to a happy place when he was kicking um, <laughs> last season. And and you know, when he was what he put up seven field goals in a game. Yeah, I think he's only got one miss all season. Yeah, yeah he has one, one miss, miss all season. I mean, he's just. I mean, I. I mean, last year uh, he was. You know, he was. Getting better. It was when he made the move to LA. It it really helped him. But I think even just this year, like I actually have a feeling of like, okay, I don't feel too bad about this forty-five yarder or this you know fifty yarder and anything like that. I know he's got the leg, but the accuracy is is falling now. That's that's a really good pick, actually. And here's a little uh, here's a little tidbit about him. I'm not sure too many people knew, but in college he was. 23 of 24 his last year, 
and he didn't miss a single kick over 50 yards. The one kick he missed of the 23-24 was a block. Furthermore, he had two game-winning kicks uh, during that season, and one of them was a 62-yarder into the wind when the wind was going all crazy that he drilled. Mm-hmm. I, w- I definitely would say that uh, this year he's kicking like that guy. <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think he just yeah. couldn't kick on turf. I agree. And, you know, that's the crazy thing about it. He really does have a higher success rate uh, on the grass than he does on turf, except for the Washington game, which I think it was the beginning of his downfall in his uh, second season, I think. It was 2013 where he he missed that first kick and then he missed the next kick and then he missed the next kick. And I think it Mm -hmm. created a case of the yips where, uh, where, you know, an athlete gets into his own head. Uh, because of one mistake, it kind of creates that snowball effect. And after that, he really had a rocky year, and then he had a rocky start to the next year before he got back on track. And since he's got back on track, it's carried over into this year. So I definitely, uh, I definitely love what I'm seeing from Greg. That's for sure, especially since I have him on one of my fantasy teams. <laughs> so, Me too. <laughs> just one? Come on. Well, I, well, I would have got him on the team in um, on the the Turf Show Times fantasy roster, but. Certain someone, oh, Joe, decided to draft all the Rams players. <laughs> and he's doing pretty well. By the way, here's a random fact. Uh, Greg Zerline went to high school at Pius 10th High School in Lincoln, Nebraska. One other NFL player went to the same high school. That would be Oakland Raiders center Adam Trey, who played in the league for a decade. Uh, that's the most Nebraska thing ever to have your high school produce play your two players. One's a kicker and one's a center. Good job, Nebraska. <laughs> uh, Ralph or, 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 or Brian, who do you have for your most improved or comeback player? Uh, I would say it's probably comeback uh, just due to his rookie season. He played phenomenal like uh, at right tackle. Hayden Stein. Uh, Thank you. You know, what do you have, like one holding penalty and like maybe one sack as rookie or something like that? Yeah. Uh, he showed yeah. really like his stats where he was really good. You know, I still thought he was a little thin in the pants. Need to bulk up a little bit as a as a rookie. And then we all know his last year, you know, he didn't, everybody was down, but his play went way down compared to where it was. And I know there was mentions of a foot injury and some other things that were going on with him, but uh, him stepping up at the right tackle spot and basically coming back and playing pretty much like he did as a rookie uh, is another reason why the line is as good as it is. Uh, I really like Havenstein coming out of the draft, too, on <laughs> this one. So, uh, I mean, he, he, he was one of the guys that I know I was uh, going into my little draft that we always get into it every year that I really liked. Yeah. Uh, he's got a – his I first remember. kick step is unbelievable for a guy his size. He's, he's got quick quick feet, especially that first step. And it looks like – he looks like he's bulked up. I mean, when you see him on the sideline now – uh, no one's as big as Wit, but man, Havenstein looks like he's really hit the weights the last year and uh, put on some extra weight, especially in the lower body. And he's he's not taking that bull rush the way he did last year. Uh, he's actually yeah. holding his ground, and guys are pushing it back into the quarterback. So I think that's been the biggest difference. And that's why I'd say for comeback guys, I mean, if we're talking about what's going on with the team, the O-line has been phenomenal. Wit and then Havenstein, and then not to mention your boy Sullivan, uh, those three guys have really locked down. Funny we don't talk about Stafford, yeah. but I mean, you, you, oh guys, no, that was, I'm getting there right now. You see, <laughs> sometimes I actually like you, and this is one of those times. <laughs> every great once in a while, we agree. On <laughs> every great once in a while, <laughs> but no, seriously, like my my my, I couldn't when I was 
when I was coming up with this question, I couldn't pick one, and it was literally left guard through right tackle. Um, all of them are having career years, um, and Sullivan, he's he's having a hell of a year, a comeback year. I think he was probably the biggest question mark on offense outside of Jerry Goff um, because it was coming off of two years of injuries and the age, and nobody really knew what to do. Yeah, you got Whitworth's age, but you knew what he was doing, you know, before he got here. It was it was a huge question mark for Sullivan. And then you have Roger Saffold, who's quietly actually been the most consistent Rams offensive lineman this year. He, he's allowed the least amount of pressure on the quarterback. Like, and he's, he's, his run blocking has been exceptional. You know, so – Man, and great he, run blocking. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he is moving bodies all over the place, you know. And then, of course, you got Jamon Brown, who is absolutely kicking ass. Now, let's take it He's back run to blocking preseason. Too. Let's take it back to preseason, Joe. <laughs> Remember game <laughs> one in preseason? That missed block, and everybody on the site was talking about it. I don't think there's a soul out there, myself included, and I've been a, a fan of Jamon Brown since, since uh, he was drafted, but myself included, I don't think there's a soul out there that thought that Jamon Brown will be playing as well as he's playing. It's it's really, wow. really been impressive. Like so for me, come back, most improved, whatever you want to call it. Left guard through right tackle. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna talk about right tackle because Brian, you did a good job covering that one, but just across that side, can't include Whitworth because he's like a damn all pro already, so whatever. <laughs> Show off. But the rest of them they get, they're, they're absolutely handling business. All right, so real quick who I think um I think we all are gonna probably be unanimous on this. Uh, probably not because I'm wishy washy like that. But who do we no, have? No, Rob's gonna pick somebody crazy. Rob's gonna pick somebody crazy like oh Bradley Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> who do we have? Austin Davis still on the roster. Defensive player of the year, Brian. You up first. Give it to me. Give it. Give it to me quick. What you got? Well, it's got to be Aaron Donald, but I would love to say Mark Barron. Uh, he's 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 a he's a real close second to me. The guy seems to be in he's the backfield making the tackles. I love what Aaron's doing. He's undersized. I, I mean, I know the NFL's gone to like you know the UK. He's been awesome in Arizona, and Barron's kind of mm-hmm. really taken over that role. Very similar. Uh, so I mean, Donald's the easy pick, but the way Barron's been playing and just all over the field and the way he tackles in the box I, lately, I don't think he's missed a tackle. I can't remember the last time I've seen him miss a tackle. You know, mm. anywhere. Which, unfortunately, I can't say that for Ogletree, but, you know, the Baron, <laughs> Baron, uh, Baron is just a, a balling. I love the way he's playing. You know what? I said in the beginning of the season um, with contracts looming all over the place and everyone needing to be resigned, and when asked about Alec Ogletree, I actually said I would prefer to let him walk and keep Mark Barron in that ridiculous nine-year, $9 million a year contract. <laughs> I would rather I would rather deal with that than deal with Ogletree, but they resigned him, so I guess it is what it is now. Oh, Ralph, who do you have, defensive player of the year? Yeah, it's got to go, Donald. You know, it's it just the the amount of time he's in the backfield is is insane. He's the, he's in there, you know, more than the running back is. It seems like he's just just causing havoc, balls and, and you know sacking, strip sacking. Oh, it's just. He, he's so much fun to watch because he's so damn short, and he just gets in there, and he's like practically going under people's legs, and it's 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 great to watch. Joe, who do you have? This is gonna be the answer, Donald. But uh, the runner-up is 
uh, it's hard to pick either Trumaine Johnson or LaMarcus Joyner. The play of the oh. secondary <laughs> has been phenomenal. Oof. Love, love Joyner. I absolutely love, love those guys this year, bro. I definitely was stepping outside the box, and I was going to go with LaMarcus Joyner. I mean, the dude has yeah. been shutting cats down. <laughs> it was definitely mm-hmm. a difference when he missed those two games as opposed to when you were in. I mean, LaMarcus, I mean, look at the first play of the season. <laughs> oh, first man. play of the season. <laughs> right? That interception was gorgeous. <laughs> he punked T.Y. Hilton that game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, it, oh, yeah. and, it, and it, it really hasn't stopped. Since he's gotten back from his groin injury or uh, hamstring, it's, he's just picked up where he left off. And he's absolutely been eliminating anyone that lines up in the slot, has been completely oh. taken out of the game. And when he's playing deep field, they don't even throw it deep because he's covering the deep so well. Like, he's just having a hell of a year. Uh, I could go with the cliche, and I could definitely say Aaron Donald, and I don't think no one would argue, but I got to no. show some love to Lamarcus because, man, the dude is but, absolutely killing it. But it's nice to so see Hawks... True get moved around the field. I like the way True's being locked up on the number one mm-hmm. uh, lately. He's, they're not just – He's done a great job. He's been yep. – I mean, and, and, go figure it was on a tight end this week. But Ingram, dude, that right. guy, man, he's going to be tough for years he can play. for anybody to cover. Well, when you're when you're six three, two forty, running a four four, that's what happens. But so real quick yeah. before we get get, uh, get on to the uh, uh, next the next game, uh, real quick, everyone just real quick rattle off who's your rookie of the year. This is hard because it's kind of yeah, all over. A lot of rookies have been participating, <laughs> but who's your rookie of the year, Joe? I'm going to go with John Johnson only because the last couple of weeks oh. the, the scope of his contribution has been so strong. Yeah, it, it had to be Cooper Cup before John Johnson got the nod, but since he's gotten it, he has a, Cooper Cup has made some plays where you go, yeah, that's a rookie. Even the penalty that he had on Sunday where he was yeah. blocking that screen. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those things where you go, it's a good problem to have where, you, you know, he wants to block, he wants to be aggressive, he wants to open up that play, but it was a rookie mistake where he hadn't learned. John Johnson's not making those kind of mistakes. No, he's not. No, Cooper Cup has he's leading the team in drops too. It's some, he's had one yeah. pivotal drop that that could change sure. the that would have changed the dynamic of the overall season so far. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. But Ralph, who do you got? Rookie of the year. I'm gonna agree with uh, with John Johnson. Um, he's the way he stepped up. You know, with losing Mo and you know getting rid of him. Um, you know, and and can we say this about our defense? Every single one of the players are playing up in – they're fighting up in rank, in, in, in weight. You know, from, from Aaron Donald being smaller, uh, you know, you got guys like Ogletree and Bear and undersized inside, inside linebackers. Uh, you know, beside, the only one who's probably big for his position is Trumaine Johnson. I mean, you know, we got Joyner, who's the you know, nickel guy moving back there, and, and John Johnson moving to strong safety. It's like these little guys are, are, are swarming. They're feisty. It's the little guy syndrome. <laughs> the, the small dogs always bark. <laughs> uh, Brian, mm-hmm. who do you have, rookie of the year? Uh, well, my guy was Johnson. Uh, Joe said it best. The guy's been, since he's taken the job, it's been balling. Uh, you you got to love Cooper, though. I mean, for a guy that, you know, all the way through summer camp where they're telling, making, saying things like the kid knows every position. If you don't know what you're doing, if you get to the line, you know, just look at Cup and he can tell you what it is. 
Uh, I think he's also as a package with Woods and Watkins. And, you know, it's just three receivers you can't you can't man up on now. And so yep. having a guy like Cup running that that inside slot spot that's uh, really golf. You know, I know they like you said he's had some drops. And they've, I haven't, like I said earlier with golf, I'd like to see him hit. Well, it's usually on Cup where he's just off a little bit on Cooper to make it really difficult on him. But uh, watching Cooper Cup's game, you know, and just seeing how that's coming around. And, you know, like you said, Mike, if, if one of these keeps catching that ball, we, we got to stop those drops. If he is dropping some – at the end of the season, he didn't drop anything. Last two or three games, he's had a couple of drops that you're like, dude, really? You don't, you're not supposed to be dropping that ball. Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. My guy is – flying way under the radar because he's doing all the dirty work, but his dirty work has released a better pass rush and caused the whole defense for seven to play better, and that's Tenzel Smart. Um, you already knew what it was. Yeah. He, ever, since, yeah. ever since they inserted him in and kicked Brockers out to the outside, it completely Oof. changed the dynamic of that defense. Like, that one move changed everything, and they are a much better defensive unit because of it. Again, he he does doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but when you can make your entire side of the ball better because of your insertion, mm-hmm. I think you deserve a lot of love for that. So, yeah. With that being with that being said, let's move on to Houston. We got our awards out there. So, what are you guys looking forward to in the Houston game? A lot changed after the Sean Watson injury. This was a huge game coming up. You know, this was a huge game coming up, but. The Deshaun Watson injury, that definitely uh, threw a curveball into the hype of the game. I think now it's kind of being, you know, looked at as a wash or not a wash, but just a pushover. Like, it's it's probably being viewed as a cakewalk, you know. But still, can't can't take any team for granted. That's not the mentality you want because that's what creates what we were calling the Giants a trap game. So what are we looking forward to in um, the Houston game, Ralph? Uh, well, I'm hoping that uh, I'm kind of hoping that Robert Quinn can kind of you know take over. Uh, you know, Savage tends to hold on the ball a little too long. He and Quinn is literally a half step on some of these you know strip sacks <laughs> that that we're so accustomed yeah. to seeing. That it's just yeah, so keep close. Your feet. And Savage keep your likes feet. to hold on to it. No, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I said feet, the same thing a few weeks ago. I, you know, I'm close. not sure if uh, I'm not following too close, but I if. If uh, if Brown is still their left tackle, um, you know he's nope. going to have his his hands full. No, so then well there you go. No, Quinn. he's with the Seahawks. Hop over him and grab him. him. Yeah, he's with the Seahawks. He's gone. We we're going to face him here in a couple of weeks with, with Seattle. They don't their Man. left tackle is they, they ain't a Pro Bowler anymore. <laughs> no so, excuses, Robert. Well, Brian, what are you looking forward <laughs> right? to in this game? Uh, well, yeah, uh. Just more of the same. Be consistent. Uh, I mean, I don't want to see him get away with Gurley. Uh, just uh, uh, Houston now, they're it's, it's tough to know what you're getting from them. Uh, I mean, you're with Savage at quarterback instead of Watson. I mean, you got to really feel bad for that franchise. I mean, JJ Watt on defense and then this rookie quarterback who was lighting up the league, uh, just going down. I mean, it just again, it, it's almost like the Giants at this point just don't have a letdown. This is a game that. I mean, at this point, with losing two, basically look like Pro Bowl type players, uh, offensive defense. Uh, this is a game that we should win. So, can someone get Bill O'Brien play? a goddamn quarterback, please? <laughs> he had one. <laughs> he yeah, can't he catch did. a he break though. 
he had one, and uh, I mean, when those are the worst though. When it's a non-contact, it's like how how unlucky can you be? You know, like what? Like you're just walking yeah. and it just breaks. Like those are those are terrible. But he definitely had one. He was tearing it up. I mean, he was. Oh yeah, he was on his way to rookie of the year. Uh, when it comes to a player, I think it's going to come down to true to true against Hopkins. Uh, if I'm looking at a matchup to go in that game. I mean, Hopkins mm-hmm. had a good game last week. Uh, if, if True's going to step up and be making that that money that he's making, uh, this is uh, this might be the first matchup I see the, going forward. It's uh, I think it's going to play a big point in who wins the ball game this week. Uh, he's got to shut down Hopkins or at least maintain him. You know, try and mm-hmm. keep him somewhere around maybe five for sixty and no TDs, and I'd be happy with that. I would too. Joe, what you looking forward to in this game? I'm looking forward to you explaining your version of a non-contact injury of somebody just walking, and then the ACL. What kind of ACL injuries have you seen, Mike? Dude, just walking down the street. Ah, my knee. Okay, so it happens all the time record, at the YMCA, guys. For the record, for the record, I can't make this shit up. <laughs> I have seen a guy tear his ACL walking. <laughs> oh, man. Oof. Okay. I don't know. I have the best stories. I don't give a damn what anyone says. So, check this out. College, sophomore year, blizzard, snow, everywhere, ice on the ground, thick guy walking in Crocs. Why? I don't know, but he's walking in Crocs. <laughs> he's walking across the street and starts screaming and holding his knee. Me and a teammate, we're walking to the gym. We just stop and looking at him, like, you know, what the hell is wrong with him? Dude is screaming, holding his knee. See the dude, like, two days later, leg all busted up. I'm like, hey, man, it's how you fall. What happened? Oh, man, I tore my ACL. How the hell you tore your ACL? <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I was like, hey, you know what? That? If there's He's anyone like, that I, deserves I, I it. I flipped on some ice. <laughs> If there's anyone that deserves it, it's anyone who buys Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> and why, why you're wearing Crocs in 12-degree weather in the snow, who knows. But I've seen a lot of people wear some stuff in that snow up there. But it is what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely seen someone turn ACL walking, Joe. <laughs> God works in mysterious ways. Uh, here's the one thing that I'm most interested in. Is Houston for real? Like, I get it, Deshaun Watson went down and they didn't have time to deal with it and whatever. Are they for real going to roll with Tom Savage? Like, he was, ni- he was 19 of 44 last week. <laughs> they lost to the Colts at home. You know you can play somebody else. Like like, you know, like Ralph said, like, go get him a quarterback. What are, you, what are you doing with Tom Savage? You don't have to do that. You don't have – I mean, I mean you can go – they could, they could. Yeah. I was gonna say they could always go get Cap, but I don't know. Bob yeah, okay, Mary. but we talk. We talk about Houston, Texas. You know damn well, Bob Mayer. I, I don't know. Man, I, I, would rather have, I would rather have Savage's other brothers. You know, Fred Savage. You know, any of those guys <laughs> throw a ball at that. Right. Him. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is Bob McNair. He likes his prisoners to be on lockdown. Yeah, right. I mean, Kaepernick is with all that. So, his prisoners. So I don't know. Hey, it would be, it'd be a good PR move. It'd be a good PR move. There you go. Here, here's what I'd say is that they, I don't know why, but they ran, they threw the ball 44 times with Tom Savage. I'm pretty sure out of the four of us, <laughs> if we were coaching the Texans this week, 
we're running the ball way more than we're throwing it. You got to expect oh, some combination yeah. <laughs> of Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman, especially with the Rams running defense. Uh, we'll have to see, but that's the yep. battle I'm most interested in. Absolutely. That's 100% what I'm looking forward to, trying to see if the Rams are going to be able to keep – it's very simple. If the Rams can um, keep Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman off the field more often than not in the first quarter, they're probably going to build a sizable lead because – the, uh, Here's what I want. Force Tom Savage to throw the ball towards LaMarcus Joyner and Trumaine Johnson. Make that happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would put a smile on my face. I'd, I'd, be, in a, I'd be in a good place there. <laughs> but if they, if they could do that, then we're, we're off to a, a nice start to the game. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how the Rams handle the run game. I think that's going to be the, uh, the, the deciding factor of how the game goes early on. Um, if they – they are not able to stop them from running. And Lamar Miller is a really good running back. And Deontay Foreman, that's a, that's a bull with a lot of speed. <laughs> you know, if, if they get going early, then the Rams are going to be in some trouble. And considering their troubles with the run, uh, it is a, it's a possibility that they could very well dictate how this game goes. So, But, yeah, I'm I definitely did. looking forward to that. So, um, I know, with the, one guy uh, to add to that list, uh, Mike, is uh, Will Fuller. That the home run hitter, Kayvon Webster, Webster's yeah. gonna have to lock him down. That guy, I mean, no, fuller, real yeah, quick, hold on, look, real quick, you you throwing me off, but screw it, I don't give a damn. Let's talk about this for a second because Kayvon Webster, what the hell, man? Like I'm watching him and I'm just like, this dude. If the D-line wasn't putting the pressure on the quarterback that they've been putting in the recent games, it's a lot of plays where this dude is getting burned. And I'm just like, yeah. why Why does everyone think that he's some starting corner? The dude didn't start for years. <laughs> he, he came into the NFL with a third or fourth round draft pick, whatever the hell he was, was thrown into a starting role because they didn't have anyone else to start, didn't do diddly shit. And now all of a sudden he's about to be a savior on the other side of the uh, on the other side of defense from Jermaine mm-hmm. Johnson. Hell no, <laughs> he he hasn't done anything. But anyway, yeah, nah. you, you don't say his name around me. <laughs> you will <laughs> say his name around me. Yeah, Fuller gonna kick his ass man, all day. Yeah, but, don't the, say the that. Hope is that the hope is that no the, the hope is that the D line. Is going to be able to get to him before before Tom Savage can throw the ball, and that Tom Savage is going to be Tom Savage and just be off target anyway. And Lamarcus Joyner is going to play deep over the top and make sure he helps out Kayvon Webster because Kayvon Webster ain't shit. But anyway, on to the next subject. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, uh, you, so you're going to send him some Crocs over the summer, I bet. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, Crocs. I'm going to do it in. I'm going to do it in the winter. Take a long walk in the black snow. ice. <laughs> Do it in the wintertime. I hope you slip on some we black ice. We coming for you, Kayvon. We're cracked. <laughs> so real quick, before we get on to college football here, uh, just give me one minute. Tell me what it is exactly. What game are you most looking forward to left on the schedule? And Ralph, go. Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm actually a little worried about our second Niner game. Really? Somehow, I, you know what? I, I just, I don't know what it is about the Niners, but they do to us the, what we do to Seattle. I mean, not this season, but previous seasons. I don't know what it is. They have some magic, 
where they played like, you know, like one of the best. They nearly did it this West, and like I feel like, yeah, man, I don't know what I don't know what they're drinking back there. You know, that's that's making them play so well against us, and them play so bad against other teams. Rivalry like, games. Oh yeah. yeah. So I don't know why. You know, I I want to say Seattle, but you know that that forty nine er game. I'm not I'm not chalking it up as an easy win. All I have to say mm-hmm. is that the, we were the, we've been the 49ers this year for years, yes. and we've played the Seahawks when they were the Seahawks, and we've yeah. beaten them. Uh, I think five of the last seven times, or something like that. Even though we were the Rams and they were the Seahawks, so when you talk yeah. about those rivalry games, it brings the best out of you. So that that makes perfect sense. Brian, what game are you looking forward to? Oh, Eagles! Right now, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be there. I, I hope they move that to Sunday night. Uh, dude, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. I mean, talk about hype right now. I mean, if we both keep winning, which I'd expect us to do, I mean, that game's going to be lights out. It'll be fun to watch. You know, I guarantee the, the blogging will go back and forth that week. It's insane of all the guys that wanted Carson Wentz instead of Goff. So oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure I'll take a, a shit, or, sorry, a, a ton of crap that week for being the, you know, the Goff oh, homer that I am. Hey, hey, so, hey, hey, look, you can't say shit. Unless you're talking about Kayvon. <laughs> if you're not talking about Kayvon, you're not talking about. <laughs> Rude. I like toilet crap. Nobody, what is that phrase? Who has ever said that before? I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> it's a specific type. <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> As opposed to the other forms. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, what game are you looking forward to, man? Yeah, see, it's hard. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that asshole that doesn't oh, answer the question according to the constraints. <laughs> uh, I'm picking the two game road stretch, week 15 and 16. Because here's the thing, we since 2010 we haven't played December football that meant the damn right. December football yeah. was what the Giants are playing. Play your young guys, get some tape for your free agents that you're not going to re-sign so that they can go, like Kenny Break go hit a contract in the off season. Uh, and get through the season and get ready to go come back next year. That's not the kind of December that we're looking at. And, you know, assuming that we get some results, Houston at home, an Arizona return game that, you know, both of those look like games that the Rams should be expected to win at this point. You're talking about a team that's got eight wins at the minimum by the time that we go to that uh, week 14 game that's a good point. against Philly. That's a very good point. And by the, so two road games in December – with a chance to really set up for the playoffs, that's that's well, new ground, man. Well, at least, like and, you said, and, it's, it's and nice to have it again, but it's been Eagles a damn game. long time. They're going to be coming off that Eagles game too. So, I personally, yeah. I got to go with the Eagles game. I've had this circle for a long time. It's no secret that I wanted Wentz over golf. So, it's always going to be whenever they get the opportunity <laughs> to play each other, you're always going to be watching. With that being said, I think people get it so confused. I wanted Wentz over golf. That don't mean that I don't like golf. <laughs> that don't mean I thought he was a bad quarterback. Go back and read my scouting report. I was the same I, way. I did not I like him. Way. I just liked Wentz more. However, I definitely think that th- this this game is going to be so ridiculously exciting. I think it's going to be a great matchup, and I, I honestly believe it's going to be the game of the year. It could be a sneak peek. You know, let let, let Ben Albright tell it. It's probably a sneak peek to the <laughs> NFC Championship. So. Hey, you know we never know, but we'll see how it goes. Joe, what do we got? And you know what's gonna happen? You you know what's gonna what? happen? Kayvon Webster's gonna win that game. Kayvon Webster's gonna get a pick six <laughs> against Carson Wentz 
And he's going to put it right in the camera. He said, that's for you, Mason. You lucky I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm not, but... <laughs> but still, I would have said some stuff. <laughs> Look, if Kayvon Weston finally does anything at all, I haven't seen him do shit all year, <laughs> like at all. <laughs> if he does anything, I'll never say anything about him again. He has eight games to do one thing. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> but anyway, go. Joe, what what you got for college football, man? Oh, this one's one of those weeks where there's too much. This was the you know you had seven games between ranked teams. And pretty much all of them, maybe not Georgia, South Carolina, but pretty much all of them lived up to the hype. It was one, it was one yep. of those weekends when college football just smacks you in the teeth and says, remember me? It, it was just too much. There was too much, there was too much football that was too good, and it was too hard to keep up with it. You had, like I said, Georgia handled South Carolina. There's a reason why yeah. they've been put at number one above Alabama. They showed why. Alabama still, though, handled business uh, against LSU, ranked 19th maybe the most disappointing 19th in the country that we've seen in a couple of years, but they handled it. Uh, Clemson, North Carolina state as a one touchdown game. You know, we've talked about North Carolina state a hell of a lot this year. They showed why those guys can play. And it kind of sucks that they've fallen to the, the state that they're in. Cause they're probably going to drop out of the rankings after this one. But uh, yeah. you know, Bedlam, that, that game was nuts, man. It's 114 <laughs> points. That's just, that's Mike Gundy's haircut <laughs> in a football game. It, it, it was everything you wanted and then more. Iowa. Iowa put up 55 points in Ohio State. That was, that was too much. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. I was like, what now, the hell is this shit? shit? I feel prepared. They won me 60 bucks. <laughs> that, that was you a terrible, terrible game. But I will say this, Joe. I said it last week. I'm going to keep telling you, damn it. I said the Mizzou Tigers are going to win out the season and have a respectable seven and five record after starting <laughs> one and five. And God damn it, I'm right so far. I told you they were going to beat Florida. <laughs> they're going to win. That out. Florida team looks very New York Giants esque. <laughs> they're they're going to win out, Joe. And I think I'm going to be at the Tennessee game this upcoming week. So screw it, go all out, balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you watch a lot of I'm college ball. What would you see, man? Uh, right now, the only the games I like watching the most are the, the Big 12 games. I mean, dude, all they do is put up 62 to 52 ball games back and yeah. forth. Uh, I mean, you, if you watch any of those games, they're entertaining. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a homer. I, I don't miss a Trojan game. So, of course, I'm looking forward to uh, U- watching USC roll up or Rosen and the, and the Bruins. Uh, can't stand them. And I uh, wish we wouldn't have choked the way we did against Washington State early. Too many injuries. That's why you already see it. Porter Gustin, first-round pick. Hey, here's, here's, here's there you something go. for you, uh, Mr. USC himself. We finally got a Ronald Jones sighting. Like, this was the Ronald Jones <laughs> I think people were expecting coming into the season more often than not. The dude bought out, and he almost had 200 yards rushing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he had 194 three touchdowns. Play. I was like, where the hell has he been all year? Uh, honestly, a lot of it's been O-line play for the Trojans. If you've watched the games, yeah. uh, they they had some guys coming back with experience, and then they were nicked up three, four guys down the line just banged up. And you, you're, you're playing freshman and sophomore again. They, they're not going to win a lot of games. You're going to have to win. Well, yeah, they lost four starters this past year, so 
that's understandable. And I think they lost both tackles and uh, both guards, actually, right? So, I mean, <laughs> you lost it all. So that, that makes sense. But nevertheless, where the hell has Ronald Jones been? <laughs> I mean, he did it this game, so he could have done it another game, right? But it is yeah. what it is, I guess. But, uh, teams are Does Ralphie watch any college ball? You know, when I, wa- when I watch college ball, I really just watch, uh, for some reason, I follow the quarterbacks. I, I just follow the skilled players. And all I'm trying to figure out is who's going to be the Browns' next quarterback. Is it Rosen? <laughs> is it Arnold Stang? Is Lamar Jackson going to be their wide receiver quarterback? You know, who is going to the Browns? You know what? It has to be Lamar Jackson. I think at this point they've oh, that's watched such a Browns move they've, too. They but no, it's not. They've watched every other team take the most explosive quarterback in the draft year after year, and then it blows up in their face. They did it again this year with Deshaun Watson, and it's just like, at what point do you learn your lesson, right? So I, it's got to be you Lamar Jackson. quarterback though. Oh yeah. They'll they'll definitely try him at quarterback way before they move him, and I don't think he gets moved, to be perfectly honest. Uh, You know what I hate saying is uh, the Niners being 0-9 and and stuck in the way they do. That trade for Garoppolo, only giving up a second, you know, having that number one pick, and if somebody wants to move up like the Rams did for Goff, uh, they're going to come up with a boatload of trades to help build that franchise. Yep, yep. Or or, or you think they stay put and, uh, and grab like a Barkley. No, I was not for a running back. I'd say trade those picks. Unless By the way, well, this, yeah, I, I, I guess this is the appropriate time to mention. Oh, go ahead, bro. I don't want Barkley in the MC West. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> hey, God. real talk, if Barkley comes to the MC West, you guys, that's going to be end of TST for me because I'm going wherever he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Wherever he goes, I gotta go. <laughs> but no, Barkley, the great thing Barkley, I love about Saquon Barkley is one of my favorite quotes ever was Jeff Fisher saying about Todd Gurley that running backs like him only come around every ten years. <laughs> this is year four. We got and we've six had more years year. of of every Leonard year. Fournette and Saquon Barkley <laughs> to, to get to ten years. Whereas supposedly there's no running backs as good. I love Todd Gurley. I love JTG. But good Lord, did Jeff Fisher throw some hot, stinking fastballs <laughs> right down the pipe, and the media just <laughs> left the bat on their shoulder every damn week. It's funny because ever, he said that, and then since then, it's been nothing but backs getting drafted higher than Todd Gurley. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, well, so this week, um, I was going to say, the quick preview for this week, college ball for anybody looking ahead, especially if you're watching those skill guys, you don't want to watch Michigan State at Ohio State. That is not the game for you if you want draft-ready skill position, guys. You might want to get Oklahoma State against Iowa State. We've got to see about James Washington, uh, the extent of that injury. I haven't seen if they said how bad that ankle injury is, uh, but we'll have to see. Um, may want to catch some of that North Carolina State against Boston College. If you're looking for edge rushers, you got Bradley Chubb, you got Landry. That's a solid game for edge rushing there. These are all noon games, by the way. Noon games always throw me off. There's always something about, you know, it's too early to drink unless you're just one of those guys, and I'm not. God bless you if you are. But drinking by noon for some college football, some Big Ten college football, that takes dedication. 
and I'm just too old and not committed enough. Um, Georgia at Auburn, that's going to be a great one. That's on CBS, 3.30 Eastern. Uh, Florida State at Clemson at the same time. Can you can you imagine if Florida State hadn't dropped the ball, and obviously if DeAndre Francois hadn't gotten injured, you would have had Auburn. Georgia Auburn and Florida State Clemson at the same time. That's just that's God yeah. made that not happen in a big way, and it's quite obvious why. <laughs> Mississippi State quietly making noise, and Alabama's got to go there to play. Obviously, you still got the Iron Bowl coming up. But I, I could see an upset here. That's going to be an interesting one. And then the night game that nobody thought perhaps was going to be one, and I'm not talking about TCU at Oklahoma, which is both top ten teams. Number three, Notre Dame at number ten, Miami. we got to see the rankings come out for the playoffs tomorrow night at seven to update uh, based on those losses that we had uh, from last weekend. Those are going to be some good games, man. Oh, yeah. And I think Miami oh, yeah. is going to jump. Miami's going to ju- have a nice size jump Good. in these next rankings. They okay. could very well be number four. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But uh, with that, Ralph, Brian, definitely appreciate you guys coming on. Um, oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, anytime. Absolutely. My pleasure. Definitely enjoyed the chat. Uh, make sure you follow Ralph at Ralph Comedy on Twitter, or you can follow Brian at TDAnderson912 on Twitter as well. Thank you guys for coming on. Definitely going to have to get you on here one more time uh, sometime in the future. Yeah, let's do a draft one. Let's do a draft one, this one. Oh, oh, you you know I'm coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know I'm coming for you. All right, guys. You guys take care. All right. Thanks, guys. Good night. Later. All right. So we are now here in our final moment, and there's two fan questions that I really wanted to uh, get to really quickly before we get out of here. There was uh, two that stuck out to me mostly. Um, we had a few of them. A lot of them came. Yes, from, I do still uh, listen to Curtis Blow, Myson, <laughs> since you wanted to know. <laughs> hey, you, you spit that a little too swiftly. I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I feel like you've been waiting all season for the opportunity to drop that ball. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but real quick, though, so on, on Facebook, Sebastian Butner, he said that, uh, do you see any chances to get flex scheduled to Sunday night football down the road? Seahawks and Eagles come to mind, have one vacation day left with uh, Sunday night football starting around 2 a.m. I would love to take Monday off. Now, when I saw that, I, it was interesting because I actually was having this conversation over the weekend where I was saying that I actually could see a scenario because of the way that the the Eagles and the Seahawks game, the implications that they could carry. We've seen the NFL do this plenty of times in the past where that game could be moved to Sunday night to make it, you know, just for the bigger spotlight. The mm-hmm. Rams, if they continue winning, if they win all the way up to the Eagles, the Eagles went all the way up to the Rams. I could definitely see that happen. Same thing with the Seahawks. <laughs> so I wouldn't be shocked one bit if the uh, NFL did it because it, it wouldn't be the first time they've done it. In fact, they did it with the Rams and Seahawks in uh, 2010, Sam Bradford's rookie year, So, which is also the yep. same year that the, the beast quake happened. So <laughs> so it wouldn't shock me at all to see, to see it happen um, one bit. And then the other question was on a scale of 1 to 10 – how true of a test is next week? Ten being the truest of uh, true test and one being general run-of-the-mill true test, respectively. Um, the simple truth of the matter is, like, the Deshaun Watson 
injury absolutely killed this game. This was going to be a really good game. If you thought the Seahawks-Texans game was good, this was going to be like oh, next level good. Oh, the Patriots-Texans game. Oh, Remember yeah. that New England-Houston game? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was going to be it was gonna be a really good one because you have Deshaun Watson who somehow elevated the the – Texans to be higher scoring than the Rams. They were beating the Rams by like point three points before yesterday. Um, the Rams were averaging like thirty point four points, and the Seahawks was average or not the Seahawks, but the Texans were averaging like thirty point seven points or something like that. It was going to be a, a, a shootout, <laughs> you know. It was definitely going to be a good game, but because of the injury and you know, I really really hope that for a speedy recovery for him. All jokes aside, like definitely hate to see a player go down. And especially when a young player who's ascending the way he was, but uh, you want to see a speedy recovery. But with that injury, I, I think it's kind of going to be a one for me. <laughs> it's going it's, it's to be kind of a run of the mill, similar to the Giants. You know, just how the, uh, as you mentioned earlier, DeAndre Francois, what it did to that entire team. The Florida State yeah. is one of the most loaded teams in the country. Just yep. by losing their quarterback, you can't even tell. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're not even remotely. Fun. To playing as good as they are, or as good as they really are, even though they've missed right. their quarter, they've missed their quarterback. They're still one of the best teams in the country, but you can't tell. And it's the same thing with the Texans; they're they're deflated, you know. So, I definitely think it's going to probably be a, a bit of a run of the mill type game. But with that, Joe, you got anything before we get out of here? No, I think we said it out. The one the one thing I'll throw in there is that this New York game. Whether it was a trap game or not, I, th- I think the trap game narrative was fair, but the Rams were just too professional of a team this year to deal with it. The difference was they had a bye week, right? The, and you yeah. know that for, for, what, four or five weeks, I started getting louder and louder about some dissatisfaction with blowing these timeouts early in halves. Yeah. And guess what? Sean McVay had a bye week, and he went and fixed it. That's, that's a sign of competent coaching. He had a problem. He said, hashtag, we'll fix it. But then, holy shit, he actually went and fixed it. That's, that's <laughs> one of those things that tells you, yeah, no, this guy knows what he's doing. Let him, let him do what he does. The difference is he had two weeks to prepare for New York. Uh, you only got a week to prepare for Houston. So, you know, as much as the professionalism was quite evident in this Sunday and the lack thereof from New York side uh, just made it uh, an uncomfortable contest to wait that final 30 minutes just to finish that game. Houston's still playing for something, and they don't have the problem that New York has. They still are trying to get into the 2017 season, Absolutely. Uh, even without Deshaun Watson. And so I think it's a different contest where even though the Rams were favored by about a touchdown going into last week, and I could see that being the same given that Houston's coming to our place, I think it's a little bit different of a contest because Houston isn't going to sit down the way New York did. And, you know, look, if there's a trap game narrative again, so be it. But this is one of those things where the Rams have to be ready for this challenge because even without Deshaun Watson, they're going to come with something, and it's going to be more than what the Giants had. And it may be one of those games, not necessarily where you got to pull these weird hook and ladder type plays out, but, but you're going to have to figure out, you know, pre-postseason football is starting to turn up. And after this week, oh, yeah. when we go to Minnesota, it's on. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Real quick, um, I, I, I thought that the – uh, just the overall dynamic of this, now that you mentioned Minnesota, was really interesting. Um, for the Rams' upcoming games, you know, they were talking about it on, on, on ESPN, and they were saying that, oh, well, 
the Rams are one of the hot teams moving forward. And the way that they broke it down was you have the Texans, they said chance, uh, chances to win 58%. They said the Vikings was a 29% chance to win. Saints, 54% chance to win. Uh, Cardinals, 65% chance to win. And Eagles, 50% chance to win. Those are the Rams' next five games. And what stood out to me was you have the Saints and the Eagles on there who are playing really, really well, both teams. And they had a 54 and 50% chance against them respectively. But the Vikings, they're saying 29%. And I, I definitely, I definitely found it to be interesting how much love the Vikings are getting. Not that it's not deserved, because it's very, it is very much so. Your boy Case Keenum is carrying them right now, but that defense is playing lights out, yeah. really good football. So it, it'll be and interesting it's, it's, to see how, see how it goes. It's one of those things where, and I get, I get that people have said it all over the place. The Rams are five and zero away from the Coliseum. There's just no yeah. way around. I mean, four and zero on the road, but obviously that home game against Arizona in London, this isn't a team that right. has a problem playing on the road. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season shakes out. Definitely something I'm looking forward to. I know Joe's looking forward to it. Uh, we got some exciting Man. games coming up. Make sure we're all tuning in for this Texans game because it's only going to get even crazier after this upcoming week. So with that being said, make sure you're following the site at Turf Show Times. Also, make sure you're following myself at Mighty or Myson, as well as Joe3K underscore. Again, thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Brian, for coming on. Follow Yay. me, guys, at Ralph Comedy. And follow TD Anderson at 912. That's all we got for you this week. We'll talk to you next week. We out. Is off. The Rams get down so nobody scores. And don't you worry, cause the Rams are rapping. When game time comes, we'll be back to Jackson. We can't sing and our dance is not pretty, but we'll do our best for the team and the city. So get on your feet and clap your hands. Let's ram it right now with the LA Rams. Hollywood Hanson, Dodge City Tough. If you throw it my way, it's gonna get rough. I like to ram it, as you can see. Nobody likes ramming any more than me. They call me Zeta. Nobody dresses with it. Run to this cool is a quarterback with I come from the end, looking for the sack. I don't stop coming till I put them on the back. This limousine with it, my moves are like dreams. They call me the demon on special team. I know how to rock from the toes to the head. When I pull the trigger, I'll knock you dead. I'm a mountain man from West VA. They call me Herc and I came to play. I learned long ago to ram it just right. You can ram it all day and ram it all night.
favorite one. With shades on, I can catch a BB in the dark. So now you're ready, and I'm sure you'll agree. The ramen is fun when you're ramming with me. Oh, hold on. <laughs> now, I don't know what you don't know, but I do know what I mean when I tell you that the L.A. Rams really are my favorite team. Uh, they can move the ball. They can play defense. They can turn this mother out because uh, the L.A. Rams in 2017 are what football's all about. <laughs> Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.